Welcome to the Brad and Taylor Show. Today we have Gary Newton. You're listening to the Brad and Taylor Show, a podcast that inspires entrepreneurs to pursue their passions. We're sitting down with some of the best to learn how they got started and some lessons they learned along the way. Hey, Gary, how's it going? It's going good, guys. How are you? We're good. We're doing good. We're doing good. Well, let's get the show started. What exactly do you do? So, um, well, uh, my name is Gary Newton, and I'm a real estate broker here in Lansing with REMAX Real Estate Professionals. Um, the fancy uh, term for what I do is I help uh, with the acquisition and sale of uh, real property. Uh, basically, I just help buyers and sellers sell their homes. Um, I do some commercial property and uh, some vacant land but and some leasing, but uh, predominantly, um, I help with the uh, purchase and sale of uh, real estate, and uh, I do a little property investing myself. Hey, that's awesome. So when you were uh, when you were younger, is this was your plan for your future, or would you, how'd you get started? No way. <laughs> uh, who the hell wants to be a real estate agent? That's probably <laughs> the cool job on the planet. Um, it's up there with uh, being an insurance salesman. You know, I always joke and tell people that real estate agents were. Uh, we're one step below a lawyer, an attorney, and we're one step above a used car salesman. And I got buddies that are used car sales folks. So uh, <laughs> don't kill me. But, but um, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, you don't need us until you need us. And by then, it's usually too late. Same thing with uh, attorneys and physicians and dentists sometimes, right? But um, so I, I, um, I had kind of an interesting childhood. And uh, uh, I was raised by a single mom who uh, she was born with cerebral palsy. And she was in a wheelchair and I, we didn't have a lot of money. And so we kind of lived in some sketchy areas. Um, but I got beat up a lot as a kid. And, uh, and as the story goes, a lot of kids who get picked on and bullied and beat up, um, we wind up gravitating towards um, uh, the martial arts. And so I, uh, I saw this movie. It was called, it was actually, do you guys know who Jean-Claude Van Damme is? So no. you guys know? No? no, you don't know who Jean Claude Van Damme is. I don't know. You don't either, Brad. No, we're we're good with pictures. What do they look like? <laughs> right? Yeah, I need um, to see a picture. He's he's he was the uh, God. Now I feel old. Um, he was <laughs> the muscles from Brussels. He he was in like uh, Bloodsport and all kinds of movies. Anyways, he he played a villain in this movie. It was called uh, No Retreat, No Surrender, and it was about this kid who got beat up a lot, and uh, and he had a karate school, and his dad uh, got beaten up by these Russian gangsters because he wouldn't join their uh, game. So this movie, uh, there was this, it was, I was four years old and I said, mom, I'm going to be a karate master someday. And, um, and I started doing karate a, about a week later at a, a YMCA place. And, um, and I, I was hooked and uh, I've, I was going to teach karate and, and be a karate teacher. That's what I was going to do for a living. Um, and then lo and behold, um, I, you know, I trained a lot. I uh, was part of MSU's karate uh, team. Um, growing up, I, I fought professionally, um, only a few fights, and uh, uh, did just a lot of uh, international uh, competing in the martial arts and stuff. Um, but I realized there was no money in it. And um, the realization came when I uh, realized that um, I, I was homeless at, uh, right out of college, and I was surfing on friends' couches and slept in my car a couple times and uh, realized, man, I got to pull my life together. You know, having the ability to eat would be, <laughs> would be nice. And, um, 
And so, you know, I had a degree, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. And uh, I, um, I worked uh, in uh, rehab at a local retirement community here. And um, uh, I got fired because I was a horrible employee and uh, I hated it. And then um, I took a job as a, a day treatment um, advocate is like a, basically I was, uh, I worked at a youth correctional, uh, facility and, um, that was miserable too. And so I, uh, I had a hard time cause I'm a night owl. I had a hard time waking up early and I wound up oversleeping one day and, and they let me go. And probably that was the reason they were looking for, but I, because like I said, I was a bad employee. Um, and then I stumbled into real estate and I had a cousin who was really successful in real estate. He says, well, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I make pretty good money here. And uh, why don't you go get your real estate license and, you know, you can come work with me. And so I was looking at my cousin who I always looked up to, but, you know, he had a GED. He wasn't, you know, I had a four-year college degree. So, you know, I must've been something special. Uh, and here's this guy with a GED who's making way more money than I am. And um, I'm like, well, if he can do it, I can do it, right? So I went and got my real estate license in 2000. Man, it, it was a long time ago, 2003, four. Um, and, uh, and then um, I had like, I was carrying, I started working for a discount company called Assistacell. And my cousin and I rapidly realized that we can't work really well together. We love each other, but we're, we just are not good at, you know, working together. And so, uh, so I wound up staying at this company and I, I became the broker's assistant. He kind of uh, trained me and these guys were hilarious. Um, but, uh, you know, assist to sell was a company. We'll sell your house for $29.95, that kind of a deal back then. That was a good deal for a lot of sellers who were looking to cut costs and whatnot. And the other realtors hated me, and I didn't know why. And it was because I was working for a discount brokerage. Um, started to kind of dip here in the Lansing area. And in 2006, um, I was carrying about 40-some listings as a relatively newer agent, and not one of them sold. Hmm. And I was wow. like, oh, no. <laughs> What's going on? Well, and so the world always, they think 2008, right? Is That's when the everything went to hell in a handbasket. But um, but it was 2006 here in Lansing. And um, so that's kind of how I, I got here where I am. And I started selling foreclosures because I said, you know, I was, was taught if you have to, to blossom where you're planted or bloom where you're planted. I don't know how it goes. but And so here we are. And I've been selling real estate since about that time. And um uh, struggling for a while and in 2000, uh, 2006 came, I, I switched companies and, uh, and I guess, yeah, I, I don't know. How far do you want me to go with this one? I'll That's talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about that. How'd you get that first uh, client? Um, it was given to me by, <laughs> by the company. So I'm sure that they wish, uh, it was probably, uh, a different scenario but sometimes you know people don't understand when they call into a company this is before the advent of zillow and and uh, stuff like that uh, whoever answers the phone is who you're going to get and uh, hopefully you get somebody good um unfortunately they were stuck with me but i had good guidance so we got up to the closing table <laughs> but uh, uh i so my first six months um i didn't make a single sale and uh the the guy that called uh, was the one we wound up uh, selling him a house. And the only reason I was able to put the deal together is because he knew how to fill out my forms. <laughs> <laughs> it's a learning experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So anyways, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of how it started. I was a horrible real estate agent till about 2012. And then I started putting it together. Yeah. There's well, a lot to learn. I know a lot of people who first get into it. It's, it's a lot more than what you think originally when you first get into it. There's just so much to learn and every situation is different, especially when yeah. you're going through the market crashing like you did. Well, um, so yeah, I didn't have a whole lot growing up. And so I was pretty much just resigned myself to being a karate bum. I was just going to kind of, I don't know, I thought I was going to like walk the earth like Kane from Kung Fu or something, but um, I just wanted to do karate. So I was going to eventually move to Japan and figure it out from there, but uh, I wound up not. And um, yeah, it was actually doing that uh, was the best thing that never happened to me and, and getting involved in real estate um especially at the in the time of the uh uh the downturn in 2000 2006 is when i call it but 2008 um it taught me a lot i saw we went from i don't know probably almost 3000 agents here in this area to i think we were we got down to 689 agents wow. it thinned the herd that far mm -hmm. and um and i hung on because you know i mean all these people were losing their homes and their cars and their their identity and they were, you know, living high on the hog and, um, and then they were gone, like out of nowhere. One guy went to work at a factory, another, you know, and people, they had to, to do what they could to make ends meet. And here I am, I just holding on by the teeth. And, um, and I just started doing really crafty things that nobody was doing at the time. And it really started uh, giving a lot of success. Um, one of the first things I learned was if you can't be good, be there, right? And you'll eventually get good. Hopefully, that's that's the idea, right? And uh, so I started hosting foreclose foreclosed properties open. I would uh, find another agent in our office. We had a couple foreclosure agents uh, at at Tommy Range, which is the company in East Lansing I worked for at the time. <clears throat> and um, people, the phone would ring off the hook. They would list these foreclosures, and we nicknamed all the bottom feeders. But basically, investors were looking to scoop these properties up. And either turn them into rental properties or flip them. And so I met a lot of investors, but they were like, how come nobody else is hosting these properties open? I would do open houses at these properties. And, uh, and that's probably how I got so allergic to mold because I was in these moldy, <laughs> gross houses, you know, all the time. But people would come to these open houses and it was like I was an auctioneer almost. And I just picked up so much business from that. And nobody else knew how I was doing business when they were struggling to get by. And I just was willing to do stuff that other people had never even thought of or weren't willing to do. I know. Speaking of the foreclosed homes that you've seen, I'm sure you've seen a handful of them. What's the worst property over the years that you've been to? I don't even know where to begin with that question. Um, <laughs> I sold a house for 3000 bucks once. Wow. And that was okay. pretty bad. That was a full gut job. And the guy that, um, I won't say any names, but um, I, I dissolved my business relationship with him after a couple of, uh, uh, after two transactions. I just thought it was really unethical um, after my second dealing with him. But he bought this house and he gutted it and, you know, he flipped it and sold it and it's still there and the people are still happy with it. But I would never have touched a home that he bought after I learned how he was doing stuff. Um, and then uh, I, um, I was... Uh, almost mugged in a house where there were squatters once. Oh so I, I started carrying a, a pistol a while ago. And so I had to hold, I had to call the police and hold some people um, 
uh, in the house because, uh, you know, they were waiting in the basement and there was, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, you walk into these properties and there's not supposed to be anybody in there. Mm-hmm. I was given a heads up by the listing agent that they had problems with squatters and there's some drug paraphernalia found around the house by other agents. And uh, so I was meeting an investor there and um, I showed up probably about 10 minutes uh, before he showed up. Um, and I, I had, um, I always have like an earbud, like uh, one of the, um, the Bluetooth ear devices on <clears throat> and um, going through this, um, this property I had, um, I was talking to uh, another uh, uh, buddy of mine, just so I had somebody with me so they could kind of hear what was going on while I was in the house. Um, and then I had, um, uh, I had the police on speed dial at 911. And sure enough, you know, I had, I had my pistol and I probably shouldn't be telling this story, but, um, <laughs> this is a good one. This is a good one. On door, um, and I said, uh, Hey, Gary Newton, Remax, anybody here? Um, and nobody answered, but I heard some people kind of, kind of, I thought I heard something scurrying around, but I wasn't sure if it was an animal because there's always like, you know, badgers or raccoons or whatever in, the, in these homes. Right. So I went in and, you know, they have these properties winterized. So, um, there's no heat or anything and it was, it was still kind of warm out, but, um, sometimes there's no lights. So, and that is usually what freaks me out the most about these properties, but this one actually had electricity on. So, and it smelled really bad, uh, cause there was, it was winterized. So there was no water to the property <laughs> and I'm walking through the property and I don't know why, um, I did this, but you know, I looked in the bathrooms and everything and it smelled horrible, but I didn't go in and I'm like, I'm announcing myself. I'm like, hello, Gary Newton, Remax, anybody here? Nobody's saying anything. And so um, I, I go into the basement because, you know, that's the creepiest uh, place to, to go. And I figured out, you know, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die there. Right. So I, um, as I go down to the basement, there's like the side door to the outside. That's like halfway down the stairs. So I, I unlock the door and I open it so that I can make a quick escape if I have to. And, um, man, I don't know if I should be telling this story, but I go down into the basement and, you know, I'm looking around. I didn't hear anybody, but I have, um, I have my pistol out and I have my phone, um, with my thumb on the 911, but I had 911 dialed with a call button Mm -hmm. and I'm looking around and I'm like, hello, anybody here? And nobody's saying anything. And, um, and so I look around and so there's, it's, it's an old Sears home. And so there's like a, um, there's like, it's, it's a cement block foundation. And in the middle of the house, there's like a cement wall with like a doorway that goes into the other side of the basement. And there's lights. I turned the lights on and there were lights in the basement. So I go down there and I see piles of clothes and there's like some food that's uneaten. And I see a couple of syringes. And I'm like, Oh Jesus, you know? And so I'm like kind of looking around and there's like this half wall. Cause there, there's uh, in these older homes, they had like these, place for like coal storage or whatever. And uh, I look in the mechanical room, there doesn't seem to be anybody there. And I kind of like have my pistol and I'm like peeking around and there's a guy with a crowbar hiding on the other side. And I was like, <laughs> freaked me right out. I made like a sound, like something <laughs> of like a schoolgirl, and like a, <laughs> and then I had to be all tough and I'm like, Hey man. 
And then he saw my pistol. I was like, you might want to drop that. And he drops the, the crowbar. I was like, I don't want any trouble, but we got to get out of here right now. And I called 911 and, and I had my Bluetooth on and they, and I said, Hey, I'm here at, you know, this, this street, ABC, uh, one, two, three street, whatever. Um, and I don't, I don't want to say the name of the street cause it'll actually, yeah. right. Uh, <laughs> but, but anyways, and so I walk out with this guy and I'm holding and as I'm going upstairs, there's two other people in the living room and they each have like, you know, a stick or something. I'm like, Oh my God, I wasn't, I could have been in so much trouble. And right as this happens, and this is the best part. So the police, um, they actually show up pretty quickly. Um, and as I'm backing out, I've got a gun drawn on this guy and he's walking out with me and I'm backing out through the side door I left open. And, uh, and then my client drives up and this is a guy that I've never met before. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> the gun on this kid. And, you know, I mean, these guys were probably homeless. They probably had their own problems going on and I, I felt bad, but it was pretty scary. And, uh, and as soon as the police drove up, I just said, you know, I just, lowered my weapon and yeah, I put the safety back on and um and then I uh I just waited for police to show up and I was like I am armed but you know I, I gave him my pistol or whatever and uh and they're like you're fine you don't need to do that and is there anybody else in the house and I said yes there's <laughs> so I look up and uh and then I look back up and they saw the police uh walking up and they had a German shepherd and uh so and then they disappeared and um and so, and the police like start pounding on the door and they were, they were yelling, you know, announce yourselves or we're going to release the dog. And the dog just started barking. Rawr, rawr, rawr. And I was like, holy cow, I've never <laughs> seen anything like this before. And, uh, and so nobody announced themselves, but the dog went all the way through the house and stuff. And I was just like, man, I felt bad for these guys. And I was also terrified too, because yeah. it was a pretty scary experience. Meanwhile, my investor's like, well, so can we go look at the house? I'm like, probably want to wait a minute, man. <laughs> Did he end up getting it? That's that's the part oh, yeah. I'm curious about. Yeah, he bought it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yep. So he flipped it, and he, I think he turned it into a rental property. And yeah. It turns out this guy, he was an older Korean guy. He was a, actually um, a local Taekwondo uh, teacher here at one of the uh, martial arts dojos here. But anyways, it was kind of a fun story, but um, terrifying nevertheless, and uh, probably something I could have handled a little bit differently. In, in but I was still kind of young at the time, so. What a way to meet somebody for the first time. I bet that's an experience he will never forget along with you. <laughs> He's like, yeah. my, my yeah. Know, I'll go take him out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. So I, I don't know, man. It was, it was scary. It was, it was definitely a yeah. scary uh, time, but, but Hey, I've had some other ones too, but some of them are really gross and I, I don't want to gross people out on camera. <laughs> I've ranged from opening up refrigerators, uh, you know, full of maggots and, um, huh. and, uh, homes where people have been using the bathroom like this one actually without uh, utilities and there was one home that an investor owned and he had tenants there that were squatting they'd stop paying rent they'd their utilities were shut off and they were um using the facilities the restroom um for about six months without being able to flush the toilets wow oh wow yeah oh yeah yeah this is uh this is not, um, you know, inner city Detroit where you see hear about a lot of those problems. I mean, this was just in Lansing and, you know, in some of the more, I guess, you know, uh, I, I don't know if I want to say blighted areas. They were just areas where people just were not taking care of stuff, I guess, and yeah. didn't have a lot of money. Well, going forward on a positive note, 
What is something you want to accomplish <laughs> in the next year? <laughs> um, so last year I sold 147 homes. Um, I don't have an assistant. I don't have buyer agents or anything like that on my team. I do everything myself. Um, and so this year I was hoping to sell um, 200 homes is what I want to reach. This nice. Year. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I like it. I like it. If you had to start over today with all the knowledge you had now, what would you do differently? Cause you said you didn't sell anything for the first six months. What would you do differently to get some clients earlier? Well, um, so, um, if I had to start over and, um, you know, if I, if I had the means that I had, then I probably wouldn't do anything differently. Hmm. Um, because, uh, yeah, I experienced a, l- a lot of success now. Uh, I'm pretty fortunate, but, um, I think the one thing I would do differently if, um, prior to starting out in real estate, I would have, um, take it cause I mean, they were basically just handing out student loan money when I was in college, I would have probably taken some of that student loan money. And, um, and I probably shouldn't be saying this cause I don't know if it's illegal or not, but I probably would have bought houses with it. So instead of, instead of getting into student housing and living in, um, in a dorm or a fraternity or something like that, I would have, uh, taken that money I would have probably bought a duplex and I would have just kept buying them because I mean prior to 2006 the subprime lending market they were lending money to anybody and everybody and I mean if you had a pulse you could get a mortgage and um, it really would have been to my benefit to to buy real estate in fact I probably if I knew then what I know now um and like I said, it's hard for me to say, cause I don't know that I would change anything, yeah. but if I knew then what I know, know now, I probably would have not gone to college. I would have got my real estate license and I was, would have started selling real estate at an earlier age. Um, and I would have just self-educated because there's a lot of stuff in college that, you know, they force you to study. And when you're 18, you don't know what the hell you want to do in life. You know, I mean, I started out more stories I probably shouldn't put on camera, but you know, <laughs> might, might get in trouble. You might not. But as a, um, as a young kid, I started out uh, wanting to be an engineer. And then I found out if you, uh, if you joined the nursing program, you got to give breast exams um, to your, your, <laughs> your female classmates. So I switched to nursing and uh, <laughs> I realized it was hard work and I was a terrible kid, by the way. Um, and I realized that it was actually much harder than some of the other stuff that I was studying. So I wound up going into uh, family child ecology, which I don't know what the hell that was all about. And then uh, I finally, um, one of my friends who was an ER doc, he uh, put some, uh, <laughs> he put some wisdom into my mind. He says, you don't want to get a bachelor of arts. You want to go get a real degree. I'm like, what do you mean a real degree? And he says, you want a bachelor of science. I'm like, oh, okay. And so I'm like, but I'm not any good at science. So I failed uh, Chem 141 uh, two and a half times. I barely made it through the third time. And um, so I barely slid through. I graduated with a 2-3, and and I'm not proud of that. I'm proud that I graduated, but um, barely made it through. I used all of the – you have, I think, 21 credits at MSU you can use to retake classes if you failed them. I used all 21. <clears throat> I worked full time in college and I, I, you know, was, I engaged in the party life and stuff like that at college too, but I spent a lot of time in the dojo and, and doing karate. So I was basically just really immature and uh, didn't, never went to class, but I probably would have not gone to college. 
so I wound up with a degree in, in kinesiology as I was digressing from what I was saying. But what I would do um, over is I would buy real estate, I would buy income properties, then I would try to buy as many as I could prior to 2005, and then I would sell them. One of my mentors here, he's not, he doesn't even know he's my mentor. He's just a buddy of mine, but I really respect him. He actually is the owner of uh, Keller Williams Gateway to Homes. He, uh, um, his name's Paul, a really good guy. <clears throat> he bought a lot of his properties as a young kid and made a lot of money, and he, um, he sold them all. He, he realized in like 2004, 2005, they were giving 125% um, loan-to-value uh, loans on, on properties. And he's like, this is crazy. This isn't going to last. And so he listed over the course of like two weeks, listed, I think he had almost 100 properties. He listed all but two of them and sold them all. Wow. And then the market crashed in 2008. Wow. And then he went and bought twice as many in 2008. And, you know, he'll never worry about money again for sure. But um, I wish I would have done something like that. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Good for him, for though. Him. Yeah. Good for him. That's awesome. Well, how can people get a hold of you? Um, you can reach me. Um, just uh, my phone number is five one seven four one zero eight three zero seven. You can always email me at uh, Gary at miNewtonRealtyGroup.com. Um, my uh, my Zillow rep nicknamed me the Wolf of Main Street. I always thought that was kind of funny, and the nickname <laughs> just kind of stuck. So. I created an email address for that called, uh, it's, uh, my main wolf at, uh, at gmail.com. <laughs> and, uh, so it's M Y M A I N W O L F at gmail.com. You can reach me there too. That's just kind of my, uh, I guess I eventually, when I uh, create the brand, uh, wolf main street, I'll probably use that as my, uh, my moniker, but, um, but anyways, for now, I'm just scary at, uh, my Newton realty group, um, associate broker with Remax. I like it. That's awesome. Hey, thanks for coming on and sharing your story with us today. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Hello? Hello? Are Hello? you there? Are you there? Are you there? Hey, guys. We just wanted to thank you for uh, listening on uh, either uh, podcast or on uh, the YouTube video here. If you guys wanted to subscribe, that would be awesome. That would mean a lot to us. And if you guys could give us a five-star review as well, that would be amazing. And we'll see you on the next one. See ya.